0: Alright, alright, alright. Hello, hello, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of More Content Talk. That's the only show that cuts through the gland blitz and all the bullshit to bring you the truthiest news that we can find. Well, uh, Project Refund the Police is totally under the way. Yeah, I said refund the police because, um any semblance of police reform which um, 90% of the United States says that they want but I don't think that 90% actually wants because the attempts that were made to reform the police and and also prior attempts that have been made to reform the police um, have been met with such acidity and uh, really toxicity from (laughs) Um, these supposed, uh, reformers, uh, the people who are, you know, they always come out after, uh, whatever black person gets, uh, killed by the cops. It was a person who was in a port potty recently, a black guy got killed. Um, he had, uh, got caught robbing and then fleed and, uh, he didn't have a weapon, uh, but they still shot him. Um, but, you know, not much outcry, of course, because, uh, You were told um, during the Black Lives Matter protests not to get upset about that stuff because if you do, then someone mean like Donald Trump might come along and, you know, um, take your rights away or, you know, punish you for liking black people. And if you're that much of a punk bitch um, when it comes to uh, this type of thing, this show is not for you. Uh, (laughs) Quite obviously. Um, Because you're not supposed to be pushed around um, and have your mind made up for you by uh, mean people. And that's all these people are who, um, you know, are for refunding the, the police. They they're very mean, nasty people. And whenever people who have differing opinions come along, they like to bring out the clubs and and beat people, which you saw live in real time live on television. I know you've forgotten it because you moved on and you're thinking about other things. But never forget that live on real time they weren't just beating black people, they beat white people, they beat Hispanic people, they beat Asian people, they beat old people, they beat white people, old white people, old, you know, old white women, whoever they could find those Gestapo like tactics were being used on the American people, they were used on the press. They were used everywhere, and you all have forgotten, and you've all gone into hysteria, because crime is on the rise. Crime is on the rise, and so we have to not reform the police. Don't you think that maybe that's a bit of a fallacy? Don't you think that maybe the police needs a reform, and that could be why the crime is on the rise? You ever think about that? No, of course not, because that's not allowed. That's not okay right because you saw the little pictures when you're a kid with the guy in the uniform and so you're supposed to just say that all these people are good just like a five-year-old and uh, I'm not a five-year-old I'm a grown adult and so I'm gonna act like that and I'm gonna use my critical thinking skills um, which you know if you're black that's all you have that's all you have to survive on that's it and I'm not giving it up for anyone I'm not even gonna give it up for other black people because it's my critical thinking skills and I'm gonna use them god damn it what I went to college for in the first place was so that I could actually um, bring nuance and substance to arguments as opposed to simply repeating slogans so I bring you an article from the Atlantic another paper that is not a liberal paper this is look at media bias uh, factcheck.org you'll find that the Atlantic is moderate center they do not agree with you in this particular article or the work on the work of Patrick Sharkey that increasing police presence will work all of the time. And they're absolutely right in saying that. So this article from the Atlantic is uh, by Derek Thompson. And uh, it is called why America's great Cl- crime decline is over. And they call it that because for, I think it was, I don't know, 20 years or something like that since the nineties crime has been in free fall. And then that stopped in 2014. It didn't stop this year. It stopped six years ago. And isn't it funny that no one noticed six years ago, but now everyone's noticing. Yeah, I find that odd. That's not normal so what's going on here what political thing is motivating people to all of a sudden care about crime that's a question we have to ask ourselves this is the article here why crime rises and falls is a devilishly complicated question you hear that complicated it's complicated you can't just say more police and then crime stop no 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 complicated Few people have thought more deeply about it than Patrick Sharkey, a sociologist at Princeton University. While others reach for easy solutions and simplistic slogans, Sharkey embraces complexity and uncertainty. In his 2018 book, Uneasy Peace, Sharkey argued that intensive and often aggressive policing and incarceration policies probably helped reduce crime in the past few decades to the great benefit of low-income neighborhoods. But rather than glorify these policies, he argued that often they have involved brutal policing strategies that could provoke a backlash among the public, hence the uneasy nature of peace. I did a show called Peace is a Lie. You know why I did that show? You think I just wanted to uh, make you upset and make fun of your John Lennon songs? No. No it's because the way in which peace is maintained is through brute force in this country that means there never really is a peace and whenever you use brute force to further moralistic agendas as you have just seen recently in afghanistan there is a ferocious backlash from the people you attack in the political realm we call it blowback but you don't have to call it that. You could just call it a bunch of people getting pissed off because they're getting beat over the head all the time and maybe acting a bit irrationally because of that. I don't have to use fancy terms on this show. We can just call it like it is. Let's continue from the article. This thesis has proved doubly prescient in the past year. This is referring to 2020. Sharkey anticipated both the summer of anti-police protest and the possibility that souring police civilian relations would contribute to an increase in violent crime. See that anti-police protest and the possibility that souring police civilian relations. Yeah, they were never that sweet to begin with. There was a huge surge of violence and the most violent of the of the year of the century in 2020 we went through a long period where violence was steadily falling there was a sharp decline in the 1990s and a more gradual decline since then but right now we are in a period of rising violence since 2014 there has been a gradual increase and then last year was a really terrible year across the whole country six years crime has been on the rise but because of the pandemic because um, that completely changed uh, the way people lived. And many of you cannot handle it. Many people went nuts and started committing crimes. Before any police reform ever took place, before police reform took place, don't you remember the beginning of the pandemic when people bought all those guns? Don't you remember? And you're sitting here and you're blaming black people? It's not just black people. There were all kinds of white people who went and buck guns. And there's all kinds of white people who are committing crimes. You see them every day, the anti-maskers and the anti-vaxxers. But only the black people are getting the uh, the blame. It's the same thing with the stupid vaccination argument that, oh, well, the black people are stopping us from the pandemic. Being over. You always blame black people. And then you keep doing that. And that sours the relationship between the cops and the civilians even more. What remains to be seen, and this is continued from the article, is just how anomalous last year was. There's a possibility that this was just a year when social life was completely destabilized in so many ways. And that resulted in a huge surge of violence that was temporary. That's the hope. So it's possible that this is a one-time deal that this is just going to be a really violent year and then as soon as everything gets back to normal at least a semblance of normal that all this crime will stop and I think a, a lot of the stuff that you are seeing from anti-maskers and anti-vaskers obviously and, and also domestic abuse obviously would stop because people would be back at work they wouldn't have time to do all the stupid shit anymore very simple but you know blame black people Skin ridiculous it's always been true that violence is concentrated in small number of communities. The current increase in crime is not evenly distributed either. That's so true because r- where I live, uh, crime went down. And And guess what? It's a major city. And do you know that crime went down in Las Vegas too? Yeah, that Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, that's right. Where the mafia used to be. <laughs> crime went down. Crime went down where I live. Crime went down in Las Vegas. There were other cities where crimes went down, too. You're not getting the whole picture, and um, I'm getting a little tired of it because you need to see the whole picture. Let's continue. The current increase in crime is not evenly distributed. Uh, Many of these neighborhoods have experienced disinvestment for generations. Most of the increase in violence is highly concentrated in neighborhoods that are segregated with high poverty for decades and it has made them more vulnerable to violence I told you before segregation correlates with radicalization which then leads to an increase in violence when you segregate people they are far more likely to to have radical and ideologies and those radical ideologies often translate into violence and it wouldn't matter if they were black or white it wouldn't matter their public spaces have not been maintained this continued from the article their schools are underfunded their parks are not maintained there aren't functioning community centers or after school programs for children you hear that doesn't it sound like hell they don't have good parks they don't have functioning community centers or after school programs the schools are underfunded so the education sucks the public spaces have not been maintained, so there's nowhere to go. What do you think people are going to do? Of course they're going to join gangs. Of course, there's nothing for kids to do. It's boring. Some guy comes along, offers them, you know, a little bit of money. Why the hell not? I mean, no one cares about me. That's what those kids are thinking. And they especially think it when you said cops down there to beat them over the head after they asked you for a little bit of money. I mean, for fuck's sake, of course, of course, of course, crime is on the rise. (laughs) I have been saying for years, I, I was wondering why, why wasn't it rising faster? In research shared exclusively with the Atlantic after we spoke, Sharkey calculated that Chicago had 267 more fatal shootings in 2020 than the previous year. This was by far the largest numerical increase in the country and more than double that in any other city. New York City, Philadelphia, and Atlanta saw fatal shootings increase in 2020 by more than 30%, but in several other major cities including Miami, Las Vegas, and Honolulu, Fatal shootings declined according to his data. So you hear a lot of these idiots who are conservatives saying, well, it's the big liberal city, the big liberal city. Yeah, look, Las Vegas, Honolulu, Miami. These are all big liberal cities. Even Miami is is far more liberal than the rest of Florida. People from Florida will tell you that. This is a sharky uh, continuing here. Uh, My work looks most closely at where crime is happening, not at individual victims. But there are some things we think we know. Intimate partner violence increased in 2020. That's romantic relationships. People involved in romantic relationships. Just the other day, I saw this woman had killed. uh, I think it was her husband in front of her children and then tried to get the kids to help bury the body. That happened just the other day. That's not normal. Why aren't people talking about that kind of crime? Why are they talking about, um, I don't know, a a bunch of black people standing on the corner? You know, I mean, this is just getting It's so stupid. I I can't take it. It makes me, it pisses me off every time I talk about it. So did hate crimes against Asians, that also rise? Okay. So all of that gets calculated into the idea of crime and as we all know the violence against Asians is because of COVID-19 as soon as COVID-19 dissipates that violence against Asian people will stop because remember Donald Trump told people and he's still telling people that the virus is he's saying he's using the term China virus and so whenever anyone in America sees someone who looks Asian they're freaking out and they, and they blame the Asian person Now I'm not justifying that it's stupid and it's wrong and it's vile and it's disgusting, but why is it that we forget that when we talk about this rise in crime and act as if it's defund the police's fault, that's silly. But the overall demographics of victims is incredibly consistent over time. It's young people of color, particularly young men of color. I don't see anything yet to indicate that's changed dramatically. So the victims here are people of color, young men of color specifically. Those are the people who are being affected by this crime. You're acting like it's the people who are solely perpetrating it. And though that is true in some instances, it's not true in every instance because what you don't understand about these neighborhoods, which I do and I think most black people understand, is that these people living in these neighborhoods are not benefiting from the crime that's going on there. There's no conspiracy in the black neighborhood to to make crime rise. alright their right. They're, they're gangs. A lot of times come in from other cities, other places. They come in, they take over. They don't have, you know, they don't have a militia or anything. It's not like they can fight them. And they're not supposed to. The cops are supposed to do that. But for some reason, they don't. And the whole thing stinks to high heaven. So much research and journalism on violence gravitates towards single cause explanations, and that's just misguided. We know that violence is incredibly complex, but we consistently seek out counterintuitive explanations. Take lead exposure, for example, which was a popular single cause explanation for the decline in crime. Look, lead matters for crime but you can't show graphs of how violence rises and falls within the 2010s and say this is purely explained by a change in lead exposure from 20 years ago that's simplistic and incorrect simplistic and incorrect like most arguments on social media I've argued against the idea that it's about individual economic conditions it's very clear that economic recessions typically do not translate into more crime My argument is that in areas where communities grow through periods of disinvestment and where institutions break down, people feel like they're on their own. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why people who, you know, don't get to go to nice schools and who don't um, uh, get to benefit from um, all the wonderful tax breaks that all you rich people benefit from. I wonder why they're upset. I wonder why they're not happy where they live. Shouldn't they be happy. It sounds stupid when you say it out loud. This creates conditions where violence becomes more likely as a place becomes more violent people change their behavior. They become more likely to interpret uncertainty in an aggressive way more likely to carry a weapon more likely to act quickly or first if they feel threatened. This is how the presence of violence creates more violence. This cascading effect where violence begets violence has been reinforced in the past year. Last year, everyday patterns of life broke down. Schools shut down. Young people were on their own. There was a widespread sense of a crisis and a surge in gun ownership. People stopped making their way to institutions that they know and where they spend their time. That type of destabilization is what creates the conditions for violence to emerge. It's not just idle time, but disconnection. That might be the better way to talk about it. People lost connections to institutions of community life, which include school, summer job programs, pools, and libraries. Those are the institutions that create connections between members of communities, especially for young people. When individuals are not connected to those institutions, then they're out in public spaces, often without adults present. And while that dynamic doesn't always lead to a rise in violence, it can. Yeah. It's like I said before, you got a bunch of kids running around, they got nothing to do. Yeah, violence is going to increase. You should know that. I shouldn't have to tell you that. In the aftermath of high-profile police scandals, the police often pull back. They change the types of incidents they get involved in. This can be political or it can be individual choices, but there's a second part. Residents and community members also often step back in the aftermath of high-profile incidents when the legitimacy of police departments is questioned. The public becomes less willing to reach out to police for help and less willing to cooperate with or provide information when a social order depends on the police dominating public spaces and that form of social order is questioned and starts to break down it can lead to a surge in violence it doesn't mean that protests cause violence it means that when you depend on the police to dominate public spaces and they suddenly step back from that role violence can increase and you see there's no need for police to control And excuse me to dominate public spaces. That's the problem that he's really getting at there He's not saying that it's the protests that are causing the violence In fact, he specifically clarifies and says that's not the case. But when you have a society that dominates that is dominated by police activity And then uh, there are protests um Both pull away from each other. The community and the police both pull away from each other. And that then causes violence to increase. And so adding more police is just going to make violence increase again. And it already is increasing. There are already black people. There was a woman who was choked. There was there were so many this week. I mean, there are too many to count. In my book, I argued that the drop in violence had all these benefits, but it was unsustainable. And it was unsustainable because we were reliant on a model of responding to violence and urban inequality through brute force and punishment, and dependence on prisons and the police to respond to every challenge that arises when poverty is concentrated. As long as that model is still in place, you can produce lower levels of violence, but you will also produce staggering levels of harm. That harm became very visible in the last five years, and in particular after the killing of George Floyd. You had a bunch of these idiot conservatives running around talking about, well, it's just a crackhead. What does it matter? It's just a guy on drugs who gives a shit. And they didn't get it. They didn't get that it was the violence. It was the harm, and you could see it live on TV. Of course, of course that's unsettling to people. Of course it's going to scare people. if You know – there are black people probably right now who, who are afraid to go outside. I was scared to go outside. I didn't want some cop coming and, and choking the shit out of me. I still, I still get nervous about it from time to time. It's very stressful. And they, these people have to see this every day. Every day. Can you imagine seeing that shit every day? It's too much. Not everyone can handle it. People break down and then they become violent as a result. These surges in violence came from an old model of policing, an old model of policing, the one that needs to be reformed that, you know, supposedly people agree with me, but you know, none of it's being enacted. In this old model, police respond to violence with brute force, and this can reduce violence, but it comes with these costs that don't in the long run create safe, strong, or stable communities. We shouldn't reach back for the old model and forget that the old model actually came with all this resentment and harm. This is our wake up call. We need a new model. Police still need to play a role in that model because the U S has the problem of guns and there aren't many organizations other than police departments that can deal with the problem of gun violence. Police still have an essential role to play, but we need to invest in other local organizations and residents. We need to give these groups the commitment that we've previously reserved for the correction system and law enforcement agencies. You need uh, mental health services. You need parks. You need after school programs. You need um, career incentives like fellowships and uh, internships. You need community centers, you need libraries, not DVD stores, real fucking libraries. Places where kids, young kids who aren't as stupid as adults can go and learn in a safe environment. Pools, all these different things. These people don't have these things. Give them these things and crime will go down and you could cut police and save money too. And you can take the police that are in these neighborhoods of color where increasing police doesn't necessarily work, and you can put them in non-segregated neighborhoods where increasing of police does work. You don't have to fire them. Just put them someplace else, not in the black neighborhoods, not in the Hispanic neighborhoods. It does not work And I don't care how often you shame me, you people who say you hate shame so much, but then you come and shame me on my social media all the time. Shame me all you like. I'm right on this one. And I will take this to the grave. Defund the police was the right option. It always was and it always will be. Call me wrong. Call me a communist. Call me whatever. I've been called every name in the book by liberals and conservatives alike at this point. It makes no difference to me. What is right is what is right, and what is wrong is what most people think when it comes to police. All right, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me here tonight on more content talk. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you could write a review or share the show around, I'd really appreciate it. Send it to your uh, friends, enemies, and frenemies, whatever you like to call them, your buddies, your pals, your padres, your compadres. All right. It's getting late. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much. Uh, follow us on our social media pages at more content talk, all one word on YouTube, Instagram, as well as TikTok. And you can also follow us on Twitter at more underscore content PLS. All right, everyone. Have a phenomenal day, evening, afternoon, fiesta, siesta, downtime, chill time, lunchtime, party time, whatever it may be. And remember, when life gets you down, you can always laugh at something else. Farewell folks.